If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is an instant reaction YouTube exclusive content. To get more YouTube exclusive content, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel at Don't Go Out There. Hi, this is Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. You see, I'm wearing my Winston Zedmore jumpsuit from the movie. Okay, I have two pieces of advice. Don't go out there. And who are you going to call? In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. This is Brian. It's uh, just me tonight. Just me right now. Want to do a, a instant reaction for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Unfortunately, the the other guys just uh, didn't. See, well, Dustin didn't see it, and you know Mike and um, Nico just aren't the biggest Ghostbusters fans. So it's just me. It's just me. And number one, I haven't done one of these before. Number two, I don't even know what the heck I'm going to say. I just want to talk about this movie. You know, right off the bat, I want to say that I'm going to try my best not to have any spoilers in this. Um, if I do, I'll try to cut them out. I don't know. Heck, like I said, who knows? Let's just do this. Um, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife on uh, opening Friday night this weekend. And wow. I mean, look, you know, if you listen to the show, you know how big of a Ghostbusters fan I am. I mean, look over look over my shoulder here. If, if you're on YouTube, and you can see my, my uh, life-size uh, Ghostbusters mannequin, proton pack, everything. I mean, it's... I've been a fan of Ghostbusters since I was a little boy. Um, it's my favorite movie of all time. I uh, finally got the guys to uh, review Ghostbusters 1 back during our horror comedy month, which, you know, don't tell them, but I think I, I really pushed for horror comedy month because I wanted to do Ghostbusters so bad. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's not more than just nostalgic because I can watch it now, and it's just as good, if not better, than when I watched it as a kid. You know, I just, I don't know, I grew up a huge Ghostbusters fan. I loved Ghostbusters 2 as well. Now, I, I admit firmly that it's not as good as the first one. To me, Ghostbusters 1984 is one of the best of all time. So count me as, and this is the only time we're going to bring it up on this podcast, but count me as super disappointed when we got the 2016 remake. I was so from Paul Feig. Look, I love Paul Feig uh, for the most part. I've loved a lot of his movies. Um, I loved him on The Office whenever he directed a bunch of those episodes. He's he seems like he's got a good eye for comedy, but he does not have he didn't have what it took for for Ghostbusters. And I loved the four girls. Uh, I just don't. 
it just wasn't a Ghostbusters movie. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And I hated, hated the fact that they tried to do a reboot on it. It just, look, it bombed and everybody hated it for a reason. But let's get into this. This Ghostbusters Afterlife. Look, Jason Reitman, the son of uh, Ivan Reitman, who directed the first one. Um, he was actually the little boy in Ghostbusters 2 at the uh, at the party where they're like, uh, who are you going to call? He, man, he, man. That's Jason Reitman. I mean, you cannot get more of a bloodline straight to the source material than you got with Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman went to Ghost Corps, which was the newly created company at Sony, and basically said, hey, I've got an idea for this. And they greenlit it without even thinking about it. I mean, Jason Reitman, he's, he's, you know, he's won Academy Awards. He's written amazing scripts. And the thing with his scripts is they focus so much on characters. And this, this movie, this, this Ghostbusters Afterlife is, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, if I'm rating a movie, I'm, I'm rating it perfect 10 right now. It's a perfect 10. Ghostbusters uh, 84 already gave a perfect 10. Go back and listen to that episode. Don't go out there.com. You know, I had to do that at least one time. Look, to steal a line from the kids these days, look, Jason Reitman understood the assignment. He understood. He understood what he needed to do. And this movie not only feels like a Ghostbuster movie, this movie is an immaculate movie, period. The last half hour of this movie is flawless. It's absolutely flawless. The third act of this movie is, you know, if you're not too much into the character development part, which if if Mike if Mike had a complaint about this and he's never even seen it, but I can tell you he would he would complain about the two hour runtime. It's like two ten or something like that. But you know what? I didn't mind it. I don't mind the first two acts of character development and building up. It's it's not this might get me some hate, but it's it's not Force Awakens. You know, it's not I mean and I hate to use this, but it has a lot of stranger things in it. Um with the character development as far as like the the newer people with Finn Wolfhard. And listen, McKenna Grace, this movie sits completely on McKenna Grace's shoulders. I mean, let's just not even talk about the old the old Ghostbusters right now. Finn Wolfhart is great in this. He's great. But it's McKenna Grace that is the backbone, is the spine of this movie. If McKenna Grace's performance isn't up to par, this movie fails. It rests solely on her shoulders and it she is does an amazing job i don't think it, it's not a spoiler it's not a spoiler to say that mckenna grace and finn wolf are, are playing uh egon spangler's grandkids it's not because that's in the second trailer i believe but yeah so they're playing the grandkids of egon spangler you know if you don't know ghostbusters lore i'm not real sure why you're listening to this appreciate the click but you know i don't think i have to explain to you that harold ramus has passed away and he's the only original Ghostbuster that has. This is such a tribute to Harold Ramis. It's my, I brought my son, which look, just peek behind the curtain too. Like I, whenever I was growing up, me and my father bonded over Star Trek. Like he, he grew up, you know, in the seventies and, and liked Star Trek. Okay. I mean, not, not stuff for everybody. It's nerdy. Yeah, I get it. But you know, he, we bonded over that because, you know, he would just always have it all, all, on TV all the time. So if I wanted to hang out and spend some time with him, I would sit down. Guess what was on? 95% of the time, it was Star Trek. So you know what? I, I really got to enjoy Star Trek. So every time that there's anything new over the years for Star Trek related, that's something me and him can share, you know? And 
to be honest, I've tried to get my son. My son is 11. I've tried to get him into it. He's just not really into Star Trek. So, I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's hard. It's a hard thing. It's not it's not action-y. It's not Star Wars. It's like the complete opposite of Star Wars. Anyway, not getting into that. My point is, Ghostbusters, we do share. Me and my son. Um, ever since he was little. I had an old 1984 flight suit that I got and um, used to play around with all the time <clears throat> when I was little. You know, whenever he was younger, I uh, put the flight suit on him. You know, we would just, uh, we would watch Ghostbusters. We would watch the cartoon. He loved the real Ghostbusters cartoon. I loved it. I, I still love that. We we were able to share that. We were able to share this. And, you know, he, he knew, like I say, he's 11. So he's not like you know, some little kid. So he knew Ghostbusters 1 and 2 really well. We've watched it 50,000 times. But this is a, a catalyst to bringing in new fans as well. Because... Look, don't think it's a secret either. Don't think it's a spoiler to say that the old Ghostbusters show up in the third act. Ernie Hudson, you know, Winston, uh, Bill Murray, Vankman, um, Dan Aykroyd, Stance. They are, it's it's a great, you know, I, I can't spoil it. I cannot spoil it. It's a great moment. It's the best moment in the movie. But they couldn't carry a movie with just them anymore. I mean, they're, as much as it pains me to say, they're, they're in their twilight years. Okay, they couldn't have carried this movie. It would have been ridiculous, to be honest, if they were, if they were, if it was just them. You had to bring in the new fans. Like, we're gonna be there. The old fans, we were gonna be there. Like, let's just let's just be serious. You didn't have to sell it on us, right? Like we were gonna be there regardless. But the new fans, like, what do you offer them? Well, let's give them Finn Wolfhart, Stranger Things. And he basically acts like a kind of Venkman. Uh, Maybe of of a new team, you know. Some people have a problem, I think, with with the younger kids. I mean, I think they're eleven, twelve in the movie, so you know, having fighting ghosts and and doing all that they do. But it's it's not. It's like a new age Goonies, man. It's like a new age. Well, Stranger Things is kind of got a lot of Goonies in it, but let's let's mix Stranger Things with Goonies with Ghostbusters. That's what you got. And how can you miss with that? You can't. Jason Reitman got it absolutely right. But, you know, those three guys, when they show up at the end, you know, with, you know, I, they have a moment. We have a moment. It's, 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 you know, I had, I'll admit, you know, I had some tears. You know, it was somebody was cutting some onions in that room a little bit, a little bit of, a little bit of sinuses. That's what, that's little allergies going on. That's, that's what I had. It was incredible. It was an incredible mo moment. It's, it's sentimental. It's nostalgic. It, uh, it gives you what you want but also what you didn't know you wanted. I hope they do another one, but I hope Jason Reitman comes back to do it again. By the way, speaking of, I think it just came out too. People were worried to death that Ghostbusters 2, this is Ghostbusters 3, okay? This is Ghostbusters 3. This is 2016 Ghostbusters does not exist in this timeline. It doesn't exist. They, like everybody else in this world, wrote it off. Sorry, that's just what it is. If you enjoyed it, okay, great. That's just going to be... An alternate universe, little thing, whatever. This is Ghostbusters 3. This is Ghostbusters 3 we never got. Probably better than Ghostbusters 3 we would have gotten because I've read Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis' script. That was a, a, you know, kind of a Ghostbusters go to hell type of thing. Just wasn't, it didn't feel the same. It wasn't, I think they were struggling a little bit. I, I'm, it, I understand now why Dan, you know, I meant Bill Murray didn't, didn't want to maybe do it. If you played the Ghostbusters 3 video game, it's basically a script that they wrote for a movie that they turned into a video game. It was, until this, <clears throat> Ghost, the official Ghostbusters 3. 
Um, I guess you could technically, if you wanted to put it in your head can and throw it in there, if you haven't seen it, look, you can go and just look on YouTube and look at just the cutscenes from that movie or from that video game, just the cutscenes. just go Ghostbusters video cutscenes, And it's like you were watching an animated Ghostbusters three with all the original cast back Murray Aykroyd. The last time you get to hear Harold Ramis, you know, it's, it's everybody. And I guess that's headcanon, but this is, Reitman came out and for sure said, look, Ghostbusters 2 is 100% canon in this universe, okay? Now, it's basically, it's like a direct sequel to 1, but 2 still happened. You know, like most of the references and everything in it is from 1, okay? They have some Ghostbusters 2 Easter eggs in there. Not going to spoil it for you. Hope you find them. But it's still canon. So this is Ghostbusters 3. Let me just tell you, it's it's amazing. The only complaint, first of all, you gotta wait till after the credits. Okay, there's a mid credit scene and there's an after credit scene. You have to wait till after the credits. Okay, my only complaint is that my only complaint is that those two credit scenes are so fucking amazing that they should have been in the movie. Because yeah, we live in this post Marvel world where. Everybody waits around till after the credit scenes. I can tell you that if it's not a Marvel movie, most people don't. I mean, I would say my, my theater was pretty full. And I would say maybe 30 people waited till after the credits to watch these things. The, the fact of the matter is that so many people are going to miss those two credit scenes. And they should have been at the end of the movie because they're so incredible. And it's world building. The second... Credit scene has Ernie Hudson in it. Not going to spoil that either, but it sets up a, a world building thing. Like, you know, I, God, I hope that we get these back. You know, I hope we get them back. Hope we get these people back. By the way, there's a new, there's some new characters. Okay. There's a, there's four new kids. So four Ghostbusters, basically. Um, McKenna Grace, who plays Phoebe. No, no, like I said, no secret that she's playing Egon Spingler's, our granddaughter. Um, Finn Wolfhard, Trevor. No secret that or that he's playing Egon Spengler's grandson. Their brother and sister, obviously. Trevor is more of the Peter Vankman kind of character, I think, is going to be moving forward. McKenna Grace, obviously, the Egon character. plays. God, I cannot speak enough about her, by the way. God, she's amazing. Um, Logan Kim, who is another great... It was really surprising. Like, he's he was really good. I really enjoyed his character. He seems a little bit younger than the rest of the cast. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, he plays a character called Podcast, basically the new Ray Stance. I mean, if we're being honest. And uh, <clears throat> Celeste O'Connor also is great in this. Um, she doesn't have a lot to do, though. I mean, I, I do wish that she kind of has a little bit of a, uh, a relationship with one of the other characters. I won't really spoil that either. But she, uh, she plays Phoebe, and she's going to be basically the new Winston. Ernie Hudson, by the way. Shout out to Ernie Hudson. He did the intro to this show. He's fantastic. Like he has championed Ghostbusters since he was even in it. He got screwed out of the first script. If you don't, you know, I mean, I won't say screwed, but his his character got really written out of that. He's hardly in that. I mean, heck, in the first Ghostbusters poster, he's not even in it on the poster. It's like it's it's like his character Winston was forgotten about. And two, he had a little bit more to do, but it's really the three main guys. You know, it's Peter, Ray, and Egon, and and. In this one, like they really, I think, correct that, especially, I think, moving forwards. And thank God too, because Ernie has always, always championed Ghostbusters, always been at, at this or that and signings and everything else. 
this movie, though, I don't want to say it's nostalgia. It's more than nostalgia. It really does. I really feel like that it's going to capture old fans and new. I think that I really, I'm trying hard not to spoil it, to be honest. I'm really trying not to say things that will spoil it. I just, you, you've got to see it. I really can't speak highly enough about this. I want to go see it again just to give them money, you know, help, help, help them do well. Um, be part of the uh, the budget that Mike says in the future. Oh, Carrie Coon. Let's talk about her too. She's uh, McK- or, uh, Phoebe and Trevor's mom. She's Egon Spengler's daughter. Now, I mean, there are some things I've read online where people are like, "Well, where the hell? When the hell do you have time to have a kid?" Like, and and given her age and stuff, I, it kind of has to happen between one and two that that he somehow meets up with uh, Carrie's mom, and so there's never a mention of it in Ghostbusters two. But you know, if you watch Ghostbusters two again, which by the way, if you haven't watched Ghostbusters two in a while, give it another chance. Like I enjoy it now, almost at forty years old, than I did when I was younger. It's good it really is and again like you know you get to spend more time with this family that you've built up and loved forever and anyway like in the beginning of that movie it's kind of implied that Egon's kind of a ladies man like he's I think that these grad students where he's working back at I think it's a college I think somewhere you know I I feel like I'm at least I wouldn't want to say number one Ghostbusters fan that's cliche let's go with top 20 (laughs) <laughs> but I, and I don't can't tell you where he was working off the top of my head, but it's kind of implied that he was sleeping with grad students and, you know, things like that. His comedy makes it raise a cult, which raise a cult makes it makes an appearance. So back to Ghostbusters 2. It's canon. Callie is Carrie Coon's character's name. She could be a her mom could have just been a grad student. And maybe it's just a, a fling or something like that. So I don't know really what else I can say about it. Really, you know, we saw Annie Potts in the trailer. That's about, besides uh, the credit scenes, that's about a lot of the Annie Potts that we get. Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul freaking Rudd. But back in the uh, early 2000s and I guess late 90s too, mostly early 2000s because that's when, you know, those movies came out like um, Knocked Up and stuff like that. But I really, I always thought that a Ghostbusters 3 that had that crew in it, you know, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, those guys would have been amazing. So I always had Ghostbusters 3, or I always had Paul Rudd in my Ghostbusters 3 in my head. You know, like, And the fact that he is in this movie, I was like, oh man. Now I don't think it's any sort of, sort of spoiler to say that he doesn't suit up. If, if you're going to relate him to one of the earlier Ghostbusters characters, I would say it's Rick Moranis' character, Tully. You know, it's it, that's him. I was, I'm disappointed with that a little bit. I would have liked to see him suit up. But we got to see... Uh, we got to see Rick Moranis suit up in Ghostbusters too, so you never know. Like Paul Rudd's comedy relief, you, like you can tell that they probably said, "Go ahead, Paul, do do whatever you need to there, uh, do a take for you on some of them," and that's fine. I love the dude; he's great. His interaction with Carrie Coon—they have a really good chemistry um, on screen. So I, God, man, I really hope that these guys come back. And I said this during the Halloween Kills review that they were actually looking at having Paul Rudd come back and, and do his character, um, Tommy Doyle, that he played in Halloween 6, having him come back for Halloween Kills, but he couldn't because he was doing this movie. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I mean, Anthony Michael Hall, friend of the show, Anthony Michael Hall, he, he did great anyway. I, th- I said that here in Halloween Kills review. But if Paul Rudd has to, if I have to choose Paul Rudd to be in Halloween Kills or go, my Ghostbusters movie, you kidding me? I've wanted him in since Knocked Up to be my, my Ghostbusters crew. So, 
Of course. Of course that's what I'm going to pick. He was great. He's fantastic. Like, I don't have anything negative to say. Like I said, oh, and there's a, is it a spoiler? Um, let me think. Okay. I don't know. But let's just say Olivia Wilde shocked me, the character that she's playing. Is it a spoiler? I don't know. Anyway, Olivia Wilde's in it. Makes not really a cameo. It's just a, sh- uh, it's a major ass character of this movie. <laughs> but anyway, let me get off here. It's been 22 minutes. Uh, my first instant reaction, I'm sorry if it kind of sucked. I'm not real sure if this sounds good. I just kind of rambled. Look, just just go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I've waited for this movie for at least 33 years. At least 33 years of my life, I would say. I've waited for this movie. Finally happened. Finally got it. I've never, there's not a movie that's come out ever that I anticipated this much. Now, let me finish. I will go with Rocky Balboa that I probably, six, Rocky six. I probably anticipated that just as much. Trying to think of any of the Star Trek movies. I don't know. I don't know of another movie that I anticipated this much and wasn't at least a little bit disappointed when I walked. I wasn't disappointed. This lived up. This lived up to everything I've I've wanted as a Ghostbusters fan. This lived up to it. If you're a Star Trek nerd like me, you won't get this, but let me just throw this out there. Star Trek Beyond, had a little has a little cameo, like a little Easter egg because Leonard Nimoy had just passed away as Spock right before then and right before it came out. And so there's like a little picture of the old crew. And you know, I got really nostalgic, a little bit like teary-eyed because that thing kind of shocked me so much to see. And I was like, oh man, that was, that was amazing. I knew the tribute to Harold was gonna be in this movie, and it still got me. Look, go see it. Go see it, please. Let me know in the comments how I did on this. Let me know what you thought of Ghostbusters. Let's not spoil it for people, you know, but listen, go see after credits scene. Hey, and look, jump on here. Talk to me, man. I, I would I would love to talk to you guys about this. Like friend of the show, Shan, friend of the show, Joe, um, I've talked to already. They've gone and seen it. Um, both like me and Joe, for instance, didn't see eye to eye on uh, Halloween Kills. But guess what? I've not talked to a single person that didn't feel the same feel the same way I have about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Look, not to get political because I'm not, but Rotten Tomatoes, the the critics didn't. I mean, they're just like, man, it's nostalgic, it's this for that, it's nostalgic for the sake of being nostalgic. I gave it like a sixty something percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but I will say the audience scores almost a hundred percent. They won't disappoint you. Go see it. Go give it the money so they will make another one. You guys got it right. Thank you, Jason Reitman. Thank you. To everybody involved, thank you to everybody for listening to this show. I mean, the fact that I just get to sit here and talk about movies, something I've always just done with my friends anyway, and the things that some of you guys would listen to it. Oh, J.K. Simmons, another another pretty major character. Not really a big role, but a pretty major character he plays as well. So it's just everybody wants to be a part of Ghostbusters. Hope you are too. Thank you guys. And who you going to call? When the hands of fate from the